G'day everyone, it's James Davis from the Paxade Academy and this time I've got JB from Domots. How you doing? I'm good. How are you doing, James? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Where, where are you based in this wide world? In this wide world, yes. I'm in the United States. I am based out of Salt Lake City, Utah. Awesome. Well, I'm very appreciative of you joining this session. Um, uh, it'll be a little bit of fun, I think, and I think it's a very important subject that's not spoken a lot about um, these days. And it's all about networking today. Um, it's, oh, I love networking, and you're correct. We don't talk about it nearly enough. <laughs> so, some of the some of the viewers, listeners, they'll, they'll get their propellers spinning because they love networking too. So hopefully, we get them excited, and hopefully, we can educate people as well that aren't so excited about networking of the importance. And what I thought I'd do is di let's dive in and I'll just ask you a question is, what, what are you seeing out there in the industry in terms of networking skills these days? You know, I feel like service providers in general have, have a pretty good understanding of, of networking, but I will say the tools in which they use to deal with networking, um, how they deal with problems on the network, right? When something occurs, how they deal with things like segmentation, there's always a need for improving their skill sets there. I think, I think the biggest challenge that service providers in general are going to start dealing with these days is that of security frameworks, right? And how they handle those types of things. Um, I don't think that service providers really have a good understanding of how much work has to be done within the network infrastructure, right? How those the network infrastructure needs to be managed in order to properly handle security frameworks, whatever the security frameworks that they're following are. That's, that's, really, that's a really interesting point. I'd love to explore that a little bit more. To talk, talk me through that. Like, what, what do you see from that security framework perspective and the amount of work that people need to put in? So, there's many, many different security frameworks that are out there. And of course, it depends on where you are in the world, right? What you're dealing with, whether you're dealing with ISO or if in the US you're dealing with CMMC and the various issues that are there. One thing I will point out is that the Center for Internet Security, right, relates this thing called the CIS controls. And those CIS controls are really a basis for all of the um, frameworks that are out there. The thing that the service providers need to be aware of and they need to understand is that there are certain controls where the network infrastructure is extremely important for various reasons. In fact, security, uh, or I should say control number one, really is around asset management. You know, having an understanding of all the devices that are on the network, what those devices are doing, how they're connected to the network. That's a, that's a critical part. Whether it's a piece of hardware, um, that is like a consumer grade piece of hardware or whether it's actual the network infrastructure itself, right? The routers, the firewalls, the managed switches. Service providers need to have a really good understanding of what those devices are. And then of course, I would skip up to CIS control number 12. And by the way, I think there are 18 of those in the, the latest version. Um, security control number 12 has to do with mapping right, the topology of the network. How are these devices interconnected and where do they fit in the data flow or the chains? So I think those two parts right there are critical parts 
of any security framework going forward. And, you know, from a Domo's perspective, making sure that people understand the tools that they have and how it helps them with asset management, how it helps them with topology management is an important thing. What do you see from a topology perspective? If I you know, flash back to when I started in the industry like 12 years ago, I think networks were a lot less stable. They're a lot more complex. How, what does a modern network sort of look like these days from, from what you see? A modern network, especially covering any business, certainly has the firewall and the router right at the top, but then it starts dealing with segmentation. Right? They need to make sure that they're separating the data lands from the guest networks. There may be AV networks that are on these lands. There are probably lands that are segmented again for, especially in retail environments, for credit card system or payment systems. Um, the the IT department or the managed service provider needs to be very smart about how they're using segmentation for cyber hygiene purposes, right? And those security purposes. Being able to monitor those networks, being able to manage those, I think is a critical part of what they're doing. Or they, maybe I should say, what they should be doing. From, from what you see, how, um, how well in general are the, is our service provider industry actually doing that sort of segmentation, do you think? I think that it's a, it's a little bit of a loaded question there, right? I, 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 would always, I would always say that everybody can continue to improve, right? Any, and in fact, any security framework is actually based off of continuous improvements, um, and everybody should be doing more. Somebody may think that they have a great cyber hygiene or great, uh, a great security footprint, but the reality is, is that one thing you can be assured of, networks are constantly changing, right? Hackers are constantly evolving, and you need to stay up to date with what's going on. So, some of the more advanced, um, some of the more advanced service providers and IT departments are going to have a really good handle on security, but they could always do more. Some of the less mature MSPs, I think, what they need to do is take a real strong, you know, look at themselves and start to evaluate where they are today but then think about what are the processes that they need to put in place to improve their cyber hygiene and their footprint. You're very nice about it, because I'd say in general, <laughs> most providers are pretty poor at this. Um, um, and I say that from a non-technical perspective, because I can walk into a provider and sometimes I'm the most technical in the room about seg segmentation, and that scares me a little bit. So. Sure. You're, I, I, I think you've got a very good point around like looking at utilizing the cybersecurity frameworks and then starting to implement that journey of improve, improvement because you're not going to get there straight away, no matter where you yeah, are. Absolutely not. I mean, there are geez, tens, if not hundreds of documents on how to improve your process and how to do this. And, you know, every every vendor in the space, right, every every manufacturer of hardware and every vendor that's selling software services is talking about how their tool can help with uh, cyber hygiene. Right? And they're doing that because they realize that it's necessary. And it, it's a big gap in the service provider industry and, and we need to be doing better. And what you've mentioned segmentation and one of the one of the terms you mentioned earlier there is like the management of the network. What mm -hmm. other components are, are there to network management? 
You say, your question was, what are the components to network management? So first of all, you need to have managed switches, right? You need to have firewalls that deal with uh, VLANs, right? And, and, And you need to have a really good understanding of how to properly set up uh, a network architecture that deals with segmentation. The whole purpose of segmentation, right, putting out separate VLANs, is to keep um, critical data systems separated from non-critical systems, okay? Guest networks, right? Everybody needs a guest network or should be using a guest network in their environment, so that way when you do have visitors or somebody who needs to gain access to the network, but they should not have access to critical data systems, you need to have that level of segmentation. Um, IoT, the word the words IoT gets thrown around a lot because the Internet of Things is all around us. But even if you have a coffee machine, if you have a, uh, a soda machine, if you have whatever type of machine, an Alexa or Google uh, Nest devices, like sitting on your network, they should not be on your data network. You have no idea what's going on in those devices, and you have no control over those consumer-based devices. So they should be sitting on a separate network that is different from your critical systems. And I would say the same thing about AV systems. So you very likely or or very well could have um, audio distribution systems inside your building. You may have security systems, right? Security cameras that are distributed throughout your, your place of business. Those should not be on the same network as your data network that's critical to the business. And what what else do we need to look at from a management perspective? Um, we're talking about segmentation. What about monitoring? Like what sort of things so, do you think? Yeah, so from a monitoring point of view, one of the very first things that we always recommend to people, right, is, you know, and, and I think Domotes does this very elegantly when it comes to monitoring and managing the networks that are there. Understanding when new devices show up on the network, understanding where they're connected, how they're connected, what they are, classifying them. That's a critical part of what Domotes does. And just like we talked about with CIS control number one, it's about understanding those assets, right? Even if it's not an asset, if there's a new device that's on that network that you don't know about as a service provider, you need to be aware of it. You need to know which LAN it's connected to, and you need to understand the criticality of that device and the potential risk that it poses to your cyber footprint. It's, it's a really, um, it's a really interesting point. So, in in that sort of perspective, obviously, so a lot of providers don't necessarily fully manage um, environments. What what sort of, how would you segment out that thought process of need, fully needing to understand what's what's in the environment? So, first and foremost, what I would do is you. you you need to get kind of an assessment of what the networks look like and what's on the networks. I mean, if you're dealing with a customer that has just simple endpoints and everything's managed in the cloud, it's one thing. But if you're actually dealing with servers, if you're dealing with uh, virtual machines or systems uh, on the networks, on the local area networks that are used by the individual users, Um, or you're dealing with databases that are local. You need to have a really good understanding of that. You also then need to be monitoring those network segments that 
are there. I think you need to be looking at how the machines that are on that are utilizing that network. How much bandwidth is being consumed on these systems? Is it normal? Is it abnormal, right? Is there some level of um, behavior that is going on in the system that may be out of bounds or beyond what we expect? Being able to monitor usage of the network we think is a critical part of um, what a service provider needs to do. And you know, a tool like Domotes really does help them do that. So that, that insight is important. Uh, having having worked at an MSP that did really complex networking, um, being, having that visibility and understanding of the segmentation and then what's what's actually in that LAN was critical to being able to provide good support, um, even uh, quality issues and being able to see when a new device came on and well, there's a change. That's why all of a sudden it's dropped down because the CCTV provider came in and plugged it into the wrong thing and then yeah. all of a sudden it's created a packet storm and all of that kind of thing. I think if you're not working in a complex environment, going back to what you said very early on in the piece is um, that that support side becomes more difficult because you, you're not used to um, viewing a, net, a complex network anymore. Yeah, you know, quality quality can, can be such a, a, a broad term, but I think quality of service and what the service provider does for their customer is an important part of monitoring as well. Um, I think that being able to interrogate systems on the network, so for, for example, if you are dealing with a virtual machine that's out there or any sort of a server that's out there. Being able to look at utilization of that device, whether it's CPU utilization, hard disk consumption, being able to look at memory consumption in general, um, that is a good indicator of um, how well a system is performing. And if you as a service provider can be aware that it's starting to run out of disk space, um, maybe you're monitoring a printer and knowing that the toner is getting low and you want to improve your service with your customer by being proactive with them. A, a monitoring tool like Domos is a great way to do that. You talked about um, <clears throat> bandwidth. One of the common things we see in an easy use case is talking about school systems, right? When, <clears throat> when the uh, children or the students come into the school and they open up their Chromebooks and all of a sudden it starts to flood, the wireless access points that are on that network. You know, you having awareness about that so that you can start to do some bandwidth mitigation or improving the network quality of service is really an important thing that you can do with a, a monitoring tool. Again, that visibility, I think it flows through to so many things, the segmentation, the asset management, the, the quality. I sort of want to go back to the topology um, because I think, it is quite a challenge that I hear most providers talk about is mm -hmm. they their staff don't know what's there and the the issue resolution is taking a long time because they don't have enough visibility. So when you talk about topology, what do you really mean about that? <clears throat> when I when I talk about topology, I'm really thinking about how are the devices interconnected? all the way from the endpoint 
through either wireless access points or managed switches up to the primary switching mechanism through the ISP and out to the cloud, right? So what a tool like Domotes is going to do for you is it's going to show you in a very graphical form, right, how all these devices are connected. You'll be able to go into the devices and see <clears throat> essentially from the different layers of networking, from the OSI models, from layer two, right, at the VLAN layer, to layer three, which is the IP address layer, to even looking at broadcast protocols that are being sent out by devices, right? We give you awareness of that, but then seeing how that all fits into the network itself, right, and where things are going is a critical part of what we do. You may find <clears throat> that, and you can do this through alerting and through, through a tool like Domotes, that a particular endpoint on one end of the network that has to traverse through multiple switches, whether they're cascaded or um, in, uh, say, in, in parallel, right? You may have to, you may find that they are having bandwidth issues. There may be latency issues or delays on these systems. A monitoring tool is going to give you the awareness of how is the port utilization, how are the trunk ports or the uplink ports being dealt with and what's the bandwidth? Maybe, and you brought this up, maybe there's another device like a security camera or something that got plugged into the wrong network and now it's broadcasting high bandwidth video data on a network that it shouldn't be, right? Or on a segment of the network that it shouldn't be. What, what you said there, visualization, I think is super important these days. Like I, what, going back, I'm getting flashbacks to when I started. All the guys I worked with were all using command line to do all the networking and now everyone's used to GUIs. So, <laughs> yes. so that, I, I know when I was working with the old school guys, they just knew all the IP addresses off the top of their, their heads. They could build the network topology in their heads. But most of the new guys that are coming through that are the techs on the help desk, they can't do that. They, no. That's not how they think. That's not how they do things. That visualization is, is what helps them. Yeah, but let's also realize too that practically everything is getting connected to the network now. I mean, and, and because of that, because there's such this, you know, IoT revolution that is going on, there's so many things that are getting connected to the network. You have to use DHCP fundamentally. You absolutely can use <clears throat> static reservations for infrastructure devices or for servers and hosts. That makes sense to do that. Um, but when it comes to the network nowadays, there's so much on the network that it's impossible to do it without some sort of a visualization tool. You can absolutely go in and configure the network through command line um, interfaces based off of what your known needs are. But really when it comes to awareness of what's on the network, you really do need a visual representation anymore just so you can consume it. Mm. And mentioning configuration there um, mm -hmm. and there's so many devices when you talk about configurations obviously not just IP addresses and um, segmentation what what else goes into configuration of a, of, a, of a device of a network um, so, you know, firmware probably sticks out to my head is probably goes back to asset management right being able to view the cybersecurity risk by the firmware so it's, it's 
is that something that should come out of this sort of topology and, and this monitoring? From a monitoring system, absolutely. Um, you know, when it comes to asset management, one of the things that you'll see under some of the, the, the various controls is the need to make sure that your infrastructure is always up to date, right? Um, a lot of times, um, if, if hackers are looking for, um, I'm gonna call it physical entry points into systems, it is generally because firmware, uh, firmware updates have not been done. A monitoring tool like Domotes allows you to interrogate these devices, see what the firmware version numbers are, right? if that manufacturer allows for that, and then bring that into a UI. The beauty of that is that you can then look across not only that site, but across all your customer sites and find out you know, which systems, which critical systems are up to date or not. The other thing that uh, Domotes allows you to do is remotely log into those systems and do firmware updates and push those. So at an IoT level or at a network infrastructure level, that's a critical part of what Domotes does. Now, when we talk about configurations as well, an important part aside from just general firmware updating and making sure it's up to date is also how are you setting up that network infrastructure? How are you setting up those managed switches and those firewalls? One of the things that Domotes will do is once you have made changes to that network infrastructure, we will actually download that configuration to the cloud in your account and it will be stored there. If we see changes to that configuration, whether it is the running configuration or the startup configuration, we will alert the service provider that a change has been made. You know, it's up to them to determine whether that was an expected change or not, of course, but the nice thing is, is that when that change occurs, we download that configuration and we put a timestamp on it. So if the service provider needs to revert or go back to that old configuration, they can do it. Or if they want to be able to see, just simply see and compare what the differences were between those configuration files, that's something that we do. Essentially, it's providing you with a backup of how the configuration was. And in fact, we see service providers, I mean, as we know, right, failures do occur. Sometimes devices do to go down and you need to RMA something or or get a new device. With Domotes, when you plug that new device in or when you replace it, you can actually push back that configuration to that new device, the old configuration to the new device, and everything goes back to normal. So it's a very powerful tool that you have there. I've seen that kind of thing work in practice around the switch goes down, seeing, seeing people scramble because they we've got no record of the, the configuration as it was yeah, and then yep. having to have spent hours rebuilding it and guessing and then missing stuff and then coming back to it compared to someone that's already had that sort of backup done and whether it's a you know, switch has died or someone stuffed the config up and they need to roll back because they're making changes it, it's so so critical to implement that sort of change control and it yeah. and it's becoming more important going back to the sort of um, security frameworks as well. It's that sort of logging of being able to show the changes as well as you're going through because 
maybe you didn't even make the change. Maybe someone's already got in and, and made the change or whether that's a malicious threat actor or it might be the CCTV guy had access to that switch and, they, and they've made changes to it. Yeah. Um, all of that can affect us quite, quite badly, um, especially in the more, uh, more complex networks. Yeah, please, please don't give the CCTV guy the credentials to your switches. All right, that's a bad, that's a major no-no, as we say. Oh, but it'll save you some time because then you don't need to do it. You can trust them. <laughs> yeah, That'll be fine. Right. Here's my password on a sticky note. Here, just put it up on the. Screen. Yeah. That that sort of being able to look at the firmware and protect yourself for. Um, with the configurations and being able to roll back is, is quite critical. In general, I, I think most firmware or most modern good networking equipment, they don't typically brick themselves like they did back in the day that you'd have to worry about every upgrade that you do. Yeah. But still, that change control mechanism is critical on a, on a network. Um, yep. uh, I'll ask you a bit of a, a curveball question. As, as more people are starting to work from anywhere, what, how, how are networks changing and how is that affecting that network management and, and monitoring uh, as people are dispersing a lot more than one central office that that's where all their infrastructure is? You know, the first and probably obvious thing is that as people are doing more work from home or work from anywhere, um, there's, a, there's a heavy reliant on cloud services. Okay, so, you know, everything from your, uh, you know, whether it's Office 365 or your, your, your Google tool suite that's out there, right, that is, that is a critical part. Um, when it comes to the local area network, okay, um, service providers are needing to figure out how can we take the endpoints, the laptops that people are using to work from anywhere and ensure a secure connection into or back to the home office, okay? Um, because still in certain environments, there may be a need for an on-premise server or an on-premise system for people to utilize. I think you're, we're starting to see that go away. And I do think that we're starting to see more VPN, whether it's site-to-site -site VPNs, which they've been around for a heck of a long time, but more importantly, I think we're starting to see things like SD-WAN, right, where people are putting you know, a small agent directly on their endpoint, their laptop, and as they, no matter where they move, it creates that secure connection directly back into the network as if they were on a particular LAN. Right? So it's really more layer two VPN tunneling capabilities. And because of that, because of this change that's going on, you still need to have a monitoring environment that is showing that the particular endpoint that you know about is secure and on the network, and that there's not some sort of third-party piece of hardware or third-party piece of software getting onto that remote site, regardless of where that remote site is. If somebody is all of a sudden using the laptop as a bridge to other devices, you as a service provider need to be aware of that. And again, it boils back down to how can I have immediate awareness of any device that is connecting to my network and how is it connecting to that device, uh, to that system? Mm. It's, 
it's probably something that not a whole lot of people are considering. I think it's. Uh, no, I mean to to your point uh, that we talked about earlier. I think that even the the more modern MSPs are just now starting to look at SD WAN and how they can take advantage of it, right? How they should utilize it with their um, customers, especially when they're dealing with customers that do have multiple sites, maybe a doctor's office, right? Maybe maybe there's a retail establishment where within a given city or, or region, they're dealing with four, five, ten sites. Um, a lot of times they want to have those things interconnected. And site-to-site -site VPNs work really well, but when you start adding on all of this remote connectivity and work from home, they now have to broaden that. And quite frankly, site-to-site -site VPNs become a little bit daunting because of all the setup that's there. Whereas some of the newer SD-WAN and configuration tools that are out there make it a little bit more powerful. Mm. I should I should actually say powerful powerful but also easier to implement too. And and that's what we really want. We've um, as a service provider is that ease of implementation and management. That's how we yeah. that's how we protect our margins. And and you just sort of triggered me there when you said that ease of implementation is. Are there ways to what's the sort of the best practices you see in terms of if I circle back to the segmentation because it's clearly quite important in that configuration of the networks. Yeah. What are sort of the high level best practices around setting out that segmentation and how do you make it repeatable and scalable across multiple clients? If you're an MSP, if you've got a hundred clients, wouldn't you want most clients to have the same sort of network configurations? Interesting you say that or ask that question. I'm going to say fundamentally, you need to, you as a service provider should have a really good understanding about how your company wants to have a process for segmentation. Um, you certainly need to be thinking about data lands. You certainly need to be thinking about AV lands. You need to be thinking about um, whatever, whatever lands are, are critical to you. Um, I think you need to have a process by which you do that, okay? That being said, every customer is very different. Right? You may have some customers that really don't care about a data land, right? What they have is, you know, AV systems. They have point of sale systems because they're a retail environment. Okay, um, you may have IoT networks because they allow people to bring their Alexas and Googles and and connect their phones to systems. Um, you guys, as service providers, need to be thinking about how you handle that. To say that there is one best practice that everybody should follow is just not there. In fact, I would tell you that if everybody followed the exact same process, that just would be a hacker's dream because they would always have a flow in which they could get in, right? You have to determine what's best for you and your customer together. And in fact, when I think of, you know, technology solution providers in general, whether they're doing managed services or just installing technologies, one of their values is being able to strategically work with that end customer to understand what their needs are, what their care abouts, or even what their major pain points are, and then fit the network into that, okay? In some sense, in some environments, maybe a flat network is appropriate because it's so simple. Um, maybe they don't need all of the other segmentation, but either way, they need to have that conversation and understand 
what the process should be. That's that's my opinion on it um, at a high level. I I think I think it's a good one, and I think it shows the value of that skill set and and knowledge um, that a lot of us don't put value on. We've just sort of always assumed that we do it, and that's just a part of it. But mm-hmm. that whole network design process, and what you just said there around designing a network strategically for that business, there's a lot of value um, in doing that work, and it's. It should be it should be something that you're charging good money for because there isn't I, I, a lot of people that can do it. Absolutely, and and the entry point to that conversation for the technology solution provider and their customer should be around security, right? Why you do it? I mean, you know, the end customer can go install the ISP modem and the wireless access points, and they can get connected to the network. The problem is is that the solution provider, right, needs to be talking to them, or the service provider needs to be talking to them about why that isn't the most secure way to do it. And if they value their business and security, if they have IP um, or proprietary information that they want to make sure is secure, then, which by the way, everybody does, right? Whether it's, you know, personal information like PPI, or if it's, you know, just data secrets, Right, they need to start to utilize segmentation, especially just guest network and a data land at a minimum. Mm. And and on top of security, it's also scalability. Like what you said, you mentioned IoT quite a few times. Technology is becoming more and more important for businesses, especially in like the ANZ region where we don't have many people, and it's getting harder and harder to hire staff that we need to leverage technology more to grow our businesses. So a lot more companies are aware of that and investing in technology. And it's not all cloud technology. It is a lot of the IoT stuff as well. So being able to provide a safe and secure network that enables them to scale and provides the quality of service is is extremely valuable. And I think a lot of us have forgotten about that because most networks are quite stable these days. So the value of us creating stable networks is gone, but it's actually looking at scalable networks. I, uh, I agree with you on that, right? Scalability is probably the biggest challenge that service providers are dealing with now, especially as more and more devices get connected to the network. I mean, if you're in any sort of, uh, or if you're working with any sort of a manufacturer, Okay, that's dealing with machines on the shop floor. Um, those machines very likely are connected to the network, right? The, the, and in fact, uh, there's whole segmentations around industrial IoT, right? How do you monitor temperature? How do you monitor humidity? How do you how do you have sensors that are dealing with the manufacturing process? Cameras are another thing that it's checking all this. First of all, I want to point out that those systems are often very critical devices or points to the manufacturing facility. And if you as a service provider can monitor those things for them, you absolutely should because you're bringing value to them. But along with all of those different sensors now is the issue of scalability. I mean, we have we have some sites that we have monitored, especially in the industrial IoT space, that have thousands of devices. We're getting beyond our standard class C subnet, right? We're going to class B subnets and we're dealing with extremely large networks and being able to monitor all those systems that are out there. 
helping or giving the service provider the tools that allows for that scalability and knowledge about how to effectively scale is very, very important. And so, and so valuable. And I think going back to what you said slightly earlier around, there's no like one set standard and every client's different. This is the challenge as a, as a traditional MSP that we're typically horizontal. We don't typically have one vertical that we're working in that we understand inside and out. And so our ability to understand each client, if we don't have the deep, uh, the deeper networking um, knowledge and experience, and you've got say a manufacturer example, like you just said, maybe it's outside your skill set. Um, but being aware of that and then probably finding a partner like a networking expert partner to bring in to take that off your plate, that's value in of itself. It'll oh, yeah. help the client. The, the networking person's not going to be able to do as much as you as a technology solutions partner. You're focused on the business, but you're being aware enough to bring someone else in to help, help you. Which that, that right there has strategic value for the end customer, right? If, if, they, if they realize, if you let them know in an honest discussion to say, hey, look, here's my expertise. Here's what I can do for you. Here's how I can set this up. But we should bring in, you know, this um, expert for AV or this expert for networking, and I'll help you there, right? We'll help, I'll help monitor that. That right there, I think, is a very strong strategic play that shows your end customer that you care about them and you want to see them be successful. It's it's a much more mature. I think too many of us worry about, oh, if we bring someone else in, then we're looking like we're incompetent. No, it's actually the other way around. You actually look far more competent and far more in charge and in control um, because of that. Yeah. This has been an enjoyable enjoyable session i'm sure we could keep talking about networking and i'm sure a lot of people listening along with this could um, wish we were going longer but we've covered so many different topics what do you want what do you want people to really take away from this session and what do you think if they they've heard things here that they're not living up to that sort of standard that we've been talking about what are the next action points that they should take away you know i First and foremost, right, we talked a little bit about, we started off, I, and maybe this is me talking about it and starting it off, but talking about security frameworks, right, talking about CIS controls. I want people to recognize that these frameworks are coming. Whether you like it or not, you're going to have to deal with them or your customers are going to have to deal with them, and therein means that you have to deal with them. Um, a critical part of that is awareness of what's on the network, understanding how devices are affecting the network, understanding what the network topology is. These are all critical parts of these frameworks. And keep in mind, it's a process. It's a continuous improvement process, right? The best thing that you can do is get a good understanding of where you are today, get a realistic understanding of where you are today, okay? And then utilize a tool like Domotes to help you improve that process and have continuous monitoring, continuous awareness of how things are changing. That's one of the best things that I think um, a service provider today can do in order to start getting a handle on where the future is, right? Where things are going. That, that's, that's one critical takeaway, so. Oh, it's been awesome. And I think, I think I'd leave this, this episode with the fact that 
networking isn't going away it's changing and it's probably either getting more it's getting more simplified or it's getting more complex as that sort of typical middle ground is disappearing but you need to understand where you're where you're sitting where your clients are where they hit more importantly where that where are they actually heading with their technology use and then actually creating a strategy around this and not not just sort of treat networking as business as usual because the game's changing yeah james you said you said two things in this episode which i i think really ring true you use the word scalability of this and there's two ways in which these networks are scaling not only is it scaling from a sheer number of devices right more and more devices are getting on the network and you have to be able to handle that but it's also the area or the footprint, right? People are working from home, yet still needing to be connected to the network. So there's just this broad distribution or connect from anywhere type of thing that's going on, which service providers need to be aware of. And, and I, I think the word scalability is exactly the right one for this. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, JB. It's been fantastic, and no doubt I'll um, have you on again in the future to talk about more more things networking. So thank you so much for your time today. Thank you very much.